0: So I think it was um I think it was yesterday morning um I'm not sure if it was yesterday or the, or the morning before but I think it was yesterday when um breakfast was a little bit late because there were a lot of other guests around and um I was helping a cash uh, one of the cooks dry the the teacups so they could come out to our breakfast table. And as we were doing that, he uh, he said to me, um, he said to me, oh, today, really bad service. Today, really bad service, because, you know, it was a few minutes late. And it really... Um, yeah, really, it really touched me, and, and I think his whole his general attitude of of um, of service with such a, a dedication and a devotion. You know, it's really, he doesn't like that I help him. If I help him, I always have to hold back, um, because there's a real sense of of joy and of um, devotion in in the act of of serving the real embodiment of that. Um, and I, I, I kind of shared that story because uh, I, find that I find the way he is, and also a lot of the other people here, real teaching um, and an inspiration. And also an introduction, in this case, to, to what I'd like to explore in, in the talk this evening. So I'd really like to look at service and joy, yeah, service and joy, joy and service, uh, which is I think particularly the theme of joy has been in Meta um, has been coming up for people quite a bit over the last few days, um, and then weaving that into the relationship to service um, as we get closer. To the, to the work retreat, so kind of um, hopefully a, a talk that will, that will bridge some of this transition and raise some food for thought and consideration and practice for us um, as the form of our practice will, will change to a degree um, over the next days. So, this this relationship or relationships between um, joy and service are very, very rich area of of exploration in in my experience. And I feel that I can say for all of us um, that we're all here. Yeah, we're all here uh, because we're interested in this. Um, idea of service as a practice. Yeah, service and service as a practice. So we're all here because we have that interest. And part of that interest is probably rooted in our understanding that um, that service is beneficial. Yeah, it's, it's a beneficial um, embodiment or a beneficial action in the world and I think we can certainly um, if I was to ask you, which I'm not at this point, but we probably all agree that um, certainly service has benefit for the world, as benefit for others. And on some level we would probably also all agree that service, that engagement Um, is also beneficial for us. It's also good for us. Mm -hmm. We probably all agree with that. Um, And good not as in good as the opposite to bad, but good as in beneficial, as in wholesome. Yeah, there's a sense of good for us. Which is, um, as we've been saying, something we're deeply interested in, in the path. What's wholesome, what's beneficial. What's a wholesome, beneficial um, manifestation of a of a human life? So, on the one hand, you know, I've said these things, and with the assumption that we all agree with that, yeah, we all agree with that to to to, to a certain degree. Um, and also, what I'd like to kind of flesh out a little bit at this point is we all agree with that and at the same time we have underlying assumptions and tendencies that kind of muddle us um, a little bit and can get in in the way and and I want to kind of bring them out into the light, um, at least some of them. Uh, Because they really have um, an impact on our relationship to to joy um, as an aspect of of engagement in the world. And so, one of these, and this is an example I use a lot, it's from one of the work retreats in Anandawan quite a long time ago, possibly about 10 years. A um, lovely young man who was on the retreat. And at the end of the of the work retreat, um, I think it was in the closing circle, he said, um, You know, I woke up every morning wanting to meditate and enjoying meditation. And so I didn't meditate as an act of service because I wanted to do it and I enjoyed it. And then he said, you know, and I'd go to work every morning because I wanted to and every afternoon because I wanted to, because I enjoyed it. And so it wasn't an act of service because I enjoyed it. (laughs) Because I was doing it out of joy. And I, I love that. I love that story because I feel like he was expressing an underlying current that often we have. You know, that in order for uh, what we do to be of value, you know, we have to suffer a little bit. <laughs> it has to be a challenge. It's not worthwhile. It's not, it's, we can't call it, it's not good enough. To be called, you know, a, an act of service, if it's for, if we're enjoying it, if it's easy. Yeah. So, just you know, really, um, for many of us, this is there to some degree, to some degree. So, really helpful to just kind of just put it out there in the light and unpack it a little bit, unravel it a little bit. So related to this, but but slightly different flavors, um, we can have this sense that there's only so much. There's a limited amount of joy or well-being in the world, and if we use it up, there won't be enough for others. Yeah. So we, we you know, and I, you know, when I say it, you know, you guys are smiling because it sounds childish. But if we're honest, you know that. That comes up, yeah, in ways we close down around around joy, around um, well-being. As if, you know, another maybe a little bit more um, mature sounding way of saying it is that it's self-indulgent, yeah, self-indulgent. But it's actually the same thing: self-indulgent or selfish to prioritize or to give space. To my own well-being, to my own um, joy, and this can also manifest as, as guilt. Yeah, like I'm I'm enjoying while others are suffering. Yeah, so it can come up as a sense of of guilt, um, and even you know when we dig down, as if somehow my joy is contributing to the suffering of others or saying that it's okay that there's suffering you know that's another shade of it which is more subtle yeah if i'm enjoying you know being here and i'm saying it's okay that others are suffering or that there's suffering in the world somehow condoning it Or we may feel that you know the joy is taking our energy and our time and our resources, another kind of shade of this same movement. Uh, if you know, and then my resources, my energy are going into this self-indulgent joy, um, whereas you know, I could use them for the relief of compassion, uh, for, for compassion, for the relief of suffering. um i could I could um, use them for for Um, to be available, to serve. And so, um, it's again, it's it's that sense of the limited quality. Yeah, The sense of the the finite, the limited, rather than the unlimited. So maybe, you know, maybe I'm the only one who (laughs) has these shades, but um, I have a sense that, that no, and there's some, some uh, people here agreeing with me. Um, also, you know, quite a few years of listening to people on work retreats. Um, I've just kind of, yeah, the, these things come, come up and it takes honesty and courage to actually acknowledge them, you know, that they're at play, that this is there, that it's at play. Uh, honesty and courage to, to see what is, what is here. Um, so that we can attend to it, so that we can include it in our practice. And it also is really helpful to bring in metta and compassion yeah, into that seeing, if we can. You know, so we see these uh, kind of shadow aspects that are there, that are playing a part, that are um, taking some of our energy and if we can bring metta and compassion into that seeing it kind of lightens the lightens the load and it feels to me that it's essential that we look at this you know essential that we look at this and that we investigate it because that is what leads to deeper deeper understanding and actually what allows Um, our engagement and our service to be uh, more full, more more wholehearted. Yeah, that word whole again. Yeah, wholehearted, wholesome. So one way we can investigate is going to sound pretty familiar because we've been... (laughs) kind of singing this tune throughout the retreat. So one way of investigation is to um, just open to see, you know, when there's joy, is there a sense of spaciousness or of contraction? Yeah. When um, there is these, when these voices are there that are kind of, when someone used the image like a wet blanket on the joy, (laughs) yeah these voices that come and dampen the joy or kind of suppress it, is there contraction or spaciousness? Yeah. So that's one way we can investigate. One way we can investigate. When spaciousness is there, when what we find when we investigate is spaciousness, can we rest more deeply into it? Yeah. Uh, here is spaciousness. What a wonderful arising in the human experience. You know, so, can we rest more fully into that, more deeply into that? And as we do that, can we feel what is the effect that the spaciousness, or the you know, in this case, if we're using joy, the joy has on the system? Yeah. Can can we feel um, how it rejuvenates, how it opens up? How it resources us. And how it opens up our possibilities of response. Yeah, so I think I've, I've done this um, on this retreat. I do it very often. But if we really look at what happens in the body, yeah, when there's a sense of space and ease and relaxation, there's so much more freedom of movement in the body. Yeah. Does that make sense to people? Can you feel it in your own body? When there's space, when there's ease, yeah. when the body's open, there's so much more freedom of movement, which means that there's so many more possibilities of response. Yeah, we're actually kind of much wider in what we can respond to. When there's contraction, when there's narrowness, when there's denseness, yeah, there's so much less freedom of movement. Yeah, there's so many less possibilities of responding. So this is really useful, really helpful to feel in our own experience. Yeah, to feel in our own experience, to taste in our own experience. Because it really, um, really shows us, yeah, it really becomes experientially an understanding of the resourcing of these qualities like joy, like ease, like metta. Yeah, the resourcing and um, the, it's like a deep tissue massage to the whole being, (laughs) yeah, that they bring, which really opens up. Yeah, opens up the possibilities and at the same time really grounds us, really grounds us. We're not just floating in space. When what we find is contraction, yeah, you probably kind of can say this in your sleep by now, But what we find is contraction, can we uh, relax with it? Can we relax with it? And around it, can we hold it with tenderness? Yeah, can we hold it with tenderness and allowance so that some degree of letting go is possible? Whatever, whatever, However much that is, it can be very little but some degree of letting go. So when joy is present, yeah, when joy is present, can we connect to the non-personal aspect of it? This is when the teachings get really interesting. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, when joy is present, when metta is present. Yeah, in the moment, not just on the cushion. Can we connect to the non-personal nature of it? Yeah. Not me, not mine. Yeah. It's not me, it's not mine. Yeah, it's moving through. Yeah, moving through this heart, this mind, this body. And that's a blessing. Yeah, that's a gift. Yeah. But it's not me or mine. It's not personal. It's a precious gift that nourishes and empowers us. And it flows through us and out. It's like a, a natural movement. Like the breath. Yeah. Natural movement of sharing. Breath comes in, breath goes out. It's not my breath. Yeah. I don't create the breath. Yeah, it happens. And the joy also. It's not mine, it moves through. Moves through. And as it moves through, it has this wonderful effect on the being. Yeah. And sometimes... Um, when I was thinking about this earlier, it like, I'm going to get a bit whack, a bit kind of uh, here, but it's like, almost like alchemy, you know, so it moves through us, uh, but it doesn't leave the same as when it entered, you know, it like becomes more golden, yeah, it becomes more golden as it moves out, it's more gold, more precious, because it's shed, yeah, It's shed. So a natural movement of sharing that flows through, and I keep doing this movement because the image that's been coming to me on this retreat, I've shared it with a few of you in interviews, is like the trees, yeah? Like they take in the nourishment, yeah? From the roots, through the leaves, and then it flows through. It nourishes the tree or the plant, but then it also nourishes life, yeah? And it's like a cycle, yeah? It keeps going, and the same thing with joy, with metta, with compassion, with equanimity, with gratitude, with generosity, with all these really wholesome qualities. They flow through us, and as they move through, they both change us or nourish us and also become something more precious, more valuable that goes back into the world. So just remembering, as I said that, two... Quotes from Baba Amte um, about joy and happiness, uh, which I deeply love, both of them. Um, one of them was um, that the joy in an Anduan is more infectious than the disease. Yeah, and, and I love that sense of, you know, joy being infectious. I think it's such a good use of language. Yeah, and joy is much more infectious than the disease. And the other one um, was that happiness dies when it's not shared. That's another quote of him, and I think we can really, again, really feel that. You know, we can't be happy. Like happiness doesn't work with separation. It naturally opens us up, yeah, and is a resonance between us. Yeah, it doesn't. Doesn't real happiness cannot be about just me. And just mine, it it dies. It dies. It's that movement, yeah. It's that movement of sharing. That movement of sharing. And so when when joy, when happiness is out there, they, they really connect us to each other. And I think we could really feel it this morning on the walk, on the last part of the walk when we were meeting a lot of people. And some of them were so radiant in their greeting to us. I could just feel that, you know, that, um, that connection, yeah. It's just a reminder of our mutuality, you know. When someone smiles at us in that way, they just naturally smile back. And, um, you know, you could really spend a long time pondering, where do I end and the other person begin? Because that in that experience, there's no boundary, Yeah, there's something as simple as a wholehearted smile. And a kind of looking in the eye. And we had to kind of really say to Nathan, after that walk, you know, nobody could have planned it better than it ended up being. (laughs) That kind of set, you know, just all that, you know, all those meetings, all those meetings through the smile. So, where do we end and someone else begins? It's a real, um, you know, real moments of deep insight in just exchanging a smile. Really seeing that nature of non self and of emptiness that we've been speaking about in these very simple moments. So one uh, relationship between joy and service is this relationship of, um, of nourishment. You know, that joy um, empowers us and strengthens us to act in the world. And this is something I feel, in my experience, I'm more and more understanding how important that is. Yeah, how important that is. That joy actually gives us this strength to open to suffering and to face it and to engage with it another relationship between joy and service is how joy arises through service yeah. how joy arises through engagement yeah. how joy arises through action it comes from this understanding, yeah, like with the smiles, this understanding of our mutuality. yeah that actually that separation between me and you is not real. Yeah. So it comes from that. The joy in the service comes from that, um, and then it manifests through the action, when we act based on that understanding, yeah, based on that understanding. And I loved that quote that Nathan shared yesterday from the founder of something positive deviance. What was it? Applied one of the founders of applied positive deviance. I've been I've been trying to memorize the quote all day. Let's see if it works. I have it written down in case I don't remember. But that quote that says it's easier to act... I'm giving up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to read it if I can find it. Yeah, it's, it's easier to act your way into new ways of thinking than it is to think your way into new ways of acting. I just thought, that's it's brilliant. <laughs> and it's so true. Yeah, And it's so true. And it's so much what... Um, dharma teachings are about and so when we act in this case you know we have that understanding of our mutuality and when we act on it yeah when we act on it it becomes a lived reality rather than just um, a, a mental understanding yeah it becomes a lived reality in the world And as we act, we bring that understanding into being. This is the the beauty of service, yeah? And the beauty of emptiness teachings. It's not just in here that things change. We bring it into being in the world when we act in this way. So as we act from that understanding of mutuality, joy comes, yeah? Because we're in harmony, yeah? With this understanding and with that beautiful power of embodying something in the world, bringing that neutrality into being in the world. And interestingly enough, we've been playing with this word bhavana quite a bit on, on the retreat so far, bhavana, which is translated as meditation, and I was using um, another translation, cultivation. And Nathan was playing with it a lot of different ways yesterday. But another translation of bhavana is bringing into being. Bringing into being or giving birth to something in the world. So it's at the heart of our practice, the heart of our meditation practice. So when I reflect back after saying all this, when I reflect back on um, this young man and his statement that I shared near the beginning, yeah, of like it wasn't service because I enjoyed it, then I wonder, is it possible (laughs) that the joy that he was experiencing was a result or part of the service, yeah, that it comes through in that way, Sometimes, yeah, through the service, through the alignment. Sometimes, not always, yeah, but sometimes. So this is, it's no small thing, you know, to, to kind of ponder this, to understand this, um, and to um, investigate it. Because it's a living, it's bringing insight, yeah, bringing wisdom, into being, in ourselves and in the world. It's living insight, which is something that continues to evolve, yeah? As we live it, as we bring it into being, it continues to evolve. It continues to deepen, yeah? And we love more and more. We enjoy more and more. We serve more and more. And we understand more and more. Leads to more insight, When I reflect on my own experience, and I've been aware of this for quite a few years now, the times that I feel the most deeply happy are where I'm in Anandawan and Somnath, of course, when I'm here, or when I'm in Palestine. <laughs> yeah. So, actually, when I am most, uh, I'm in the most direct contact with situations of suffering. And yet, I'm also the happiest, the most deeply happy. Yeah, we talk about a deep sense of happiness. And it's something about that alignment. It's something about that alignment. It's something about um, that alignment with the wholesome in the world, Yeah, with wisdom and with the compassion and that movement. And it gets for me, you know, I, I, I feel like constantly more and more um, surprises, <laughs> more and more insight, more and more uh, things that are uncovered. you yeah, have no idea what else is, is coming. Um, but one one experience I'd like to to share, uh, which happened a couple of years ago and um, I had just arrived in Israel um, for a short visit, just two or three weeks. And I was phoning up my friends, both in Israel and Palestine, to say I was there, um, you know, to arrange to meet. And I phoned a very beloved, close friend um, in Palestine and uh, found out that his wife had just been diagnosed with cancer and was very, very ill and that they needed help in sorting out all the practicalities that any ill person would have, but particularly someone living um, in a situation of of, uh, Palestinians under occupation. And when I was on the phone and hearing this from him, I was amazed to feel that along with the compassion and the sadness, and even stronger, was a sense of gratitude. Yeah, was a sense of gratitude. And even with that gratitude, a type of joy, that I was there and I could help. Yeah, that was the gratitude. That I was there and not in England. Yeah, that I was there. I could be of service. I could be of use. Yeah, and I, and I and I had you know I had things that I could do. Yeah, so that sense of joy that can come, yeah, even in really really difficult um, circumstances, and feeling that directly the resourcing and energising qualities. Of gratitude and joy, yeah. They're just like the, keeping the keeping the being open, keeping the being pliable, keeping the being um, responsive, yeah, responsive. And also the seeing how the joy and the compassion can be there together, side by side, and even not side by side, but actually completely interwoven, yeah. Like we have this again, one of the things that happens is we think compassion, joy. Yeah. Two separate things. So closely interwoven. And our hearts, Our our hearts are big enough and tender enough to hold the two. Yeah, they're big enough and tender enough to hold the two together. And again, if I reflect on some of the meetings this morning, you know, I I have it here as well. You know, seeing these radiant faces and then, you know, the the bodies which obviously experience pain. You know, it's very very and and the two are there together. (laughs) Yeah, the, the two are there together. They can be metta and joy and compassion. They're all an expression of our sensitivity. Yeah? All an expression of our sensitivity and our tenderness. And our capacity to be touched. Yeah? Our capacity to be touched. If we feel what is joy, it's being touched. What is compassion? What is matter? It's being touched by life. That sensitivity that we have. So the arising of joy through our service, our practice of service, is supported yeah, by what we do in, in meditation. Yeah, it's supported by the inclining of the mind towards joy in our practice. Um, and we can bring that same intentionality, we can incline the mind towards joy also in our service, which is practice as well. Yeah, So we can intentionally look for what is okay or what is uh, what we appreciate or what we're grateful for as a way of nourishing that movement, yeah? nourishing that momentum. And, and when I speak about joy, I you know, include in that that whole family of gratitude, appreciation, joy. They're all part of one family um, of human um, attitudes and qualities yeah, and feelings that really um, support each other, and they're all ways of looking that we can apply. Yeah, we can ask that question: What is here that I can be grateful for? Yeah, what is here that I appreciate? What is here that brings me joy? So this quality of unselfish joy um, is closely interwoven with metta, compassion, equanimity. I mean, I've been mentioning all of them here. And they're all called um, immeasurable. Yeah. That's the, that's the name for them, the immeasurables. We can move between the four. Yeah, they're so closely linked, and we can move between the four, the four flavours the four immeasurable flavors. Inclining to whatever is helpful in any given moment or given situation. So sometimes it's more the compassion, sometimes it's more the metta, sometimes it's more the equanimity, that capacity to stay steady with experience, that place of balance. And we can direct the flow to where it is needed, yeah. So we can move between the four flavors, and we can also move between how how and where we direct the flow. And one of the and one of the games I like to play is to ask myself why immeasurables. You know, what are the what are the immeasurable flavors? What are the, what, what is immeasurable about these qualities? And so one way that for me they're immeasurable is because you can't escape them, yeah? They're always applicable (laughs) in any situation. One or more of them is a resource, yeah? So they're immeasurable because they're always there, yeah? Always have a place for them. So if we're overwhelmed and the heart closes down, then we bring metta and compassion to ourselves, yeah? When we find somebody difficult, or a situation difficult we bring any of those I'll tell you a secret for me joy is the most um, powerful one with people that I find difficult is I wish them joy if you imagine someone that you find difficult being really happy and joyful they're not going to be doing those things that irritate you it's really really powerful practice my, one of my personal discoveries. So there's always a way. Yeah, they're always applicable. We can always bring them in and apply them somewhere to someone. So that's one way they're immeasurable. And they're also immeasurable because they dissolve boundaries. Yeah, they dissolve the boundary between self and other. Yeah, between me and you. They um, dissolve the boundaries between the deserving and the undeserving, the worthy and the unworthy. Yeah. They're measurable because they have no boundaries or they work on us and within us to dissolve these boundaries. And they're also measurable because they are limitless and unlimited. Yeah. An unlimited source. Yeah. Yeah can never run out it can never run out in the world there's always more so I've really highlighted the kind of joy aspects of service and I don't want to leave it without saying that obviously service challenges us also Yeah, we're only human. And sometimes um, it challenges us in ways that we don't expect. Yeah, sometimes it challenges us in ways that we do expect. So I want to share a a story, some of you may have heard it, from, from Anandawan, of one particular challenge. So in the in the old um, in the elderly the home for the elderly in Anandwan the there's um, one of the carers is a, a very big personality called Baby. Big body, big personality, <laughs> and uh, every once in a while she goes into this uh, very, very powerful wish to be generous towards us in the group and one time um, i was on the receiving end of that and she really wanted to give me a suite that she had um kind of treasured up on a top shelf somewhere and been sitting there for god knows how long um And, you know, I'm not a great fan of sugar um, in those kind of quantities anyway, and certainly not when it's been sitting there. So here we were. Here's the challenge of the service. (laughs) She really wants to give me the sweet. I really don't want it. And she's a lot bigger and stronger than me. (laughs) A lot. So, you know, we're actually in the situation where she's holding the sweet really close (laughs) to me (laughs) and i have a choice yeah i have a choice do i you know refuse and i can you know i've got some strength of myself some determination or do i receive yeah do i receive and so this is, these moments are moments of practice. Yeah, it's a great moment of practice. In that situation, I can still see it in my mind, that image of here's the sweet, here's my mouth. <laughs> and what do I do? And feeling the contractedness of I don't want it. Yeah. And then also feeling the possibility of connecting to something bigger. Yeah. The generosity of allowing someone else to give. Yeah, so relaxing the contraction, yeah, relaxing the contraction in the body, remembering that it's not just about me and my preferences, and actually opening to feel the joy in giving someone else joy <laughs> in giving. Yeah, and that kind of like, if I keep saying it, it's, it's also what it feels like in the mind, who's giving to whom, you know. And so, you know, I still remember that moment of opening the mouth and having that whole suite shoved in there <laughs> to make sure <laughs> that, you know, nothing goes to waste. And that joy, you know, they're looking, looking into each other's eyes. So that profound joy of giving joy, which is often about sharing more than anything else, yeah, it's not about me. It's not about mine. It's about us and about ours. So this these moments when we are in this mode of engagement of service of bringing ourselves to this meeting. Yeah. Where the giver and receiver dissolve. It's about sharing. It's about offering ourselves to life and receiving and sharing its gifts, whatever they are. So when, when, when there's difficult moments, whatever they are, we can remember that. You know, offering ourselves to life. Receiving its gifts so that we can share them. that's it. So let's have a, a quiet moment together. So thank you for your listening and your participation. And we have a little bit less than half an hour for some walking and stretching of the body until our final meditation of the day.